Welcome to the Calvary Chapel South Bay Sermon Podcast. We are a large, multi-ethnic, multi-generational church in Los Angeles, California, and we'd love to have you visit us for a service if you're in the L.A. area. Visit ccsouthbay.org to learn more about us and to find out service times. If you have any questions, shoot us an email at hello at ccsouthbay.org. Enjoy today's sermon, and we hope to see you at church soon. Matthew 28, Psalm 16, Revelation chapter 5. Let's go to the Lord to prepare our hearts in prayer. Lord, how do we say thank you to you? How do we say thank you except with a heart of worship and praise? For once we were dead in our trespasses and sin, and you made us alive by the power of the resurrection. To God be the glory. And I pray now as we get into your word, that you would still continue to do what you did in Alyssa's life and what you've done in lives for 2,000 years. Would you change and transform us by the power of the resurrection? It's in Jesus' name the church said. It's Matthew 28, as if you've never heard it before, verse 1. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. Behold, there was a great earthquake For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like shining and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He is risen just as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will also see him. Behold, I told you so. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. They had mixed emotions and ran to bring his disciples word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold. In other words, surprise. Jesus met them saying, rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet, and they worshipped him. Rejoice! Rejoice! The first word that the Lord used to speak to these ladies after the resurrection was the word rejoice. What a perfect choice. Isn't that what we're doing today? Aren't we following this direction of the resurrection with every song that we sing, with every praise that comes out of our mouth? When I was growing up in Sunday school, I remember a song that we sang. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Oh, come on. Don't leave me hanging. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice. Rejoice. All right, now, for those of you that are sitting here looking at us like we're crazy, we are. We are crazy about the fact that Jesus rose from the grave, and we will rejoice. We will rejoice. Now, it's not such a hard song. Why don't you try it with us? One more time. Here we go. The Bible says we need to come as a child. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Oh, look who's clapping now. And again, I say rejoice. 
Rejoice, rejoice, and again I say rejoice, rejoice. Look who's crazy now. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always comes from Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. You see, Paul wrote these words, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, because it was the direction of the resurrection. We were to live our lives as Christians with the rejoice. In fact, in fact, rejoice replaced hello in the first century Christian world. Whenever they greeted each other, they didn't say hello. They said, rejoice, rejoice. In Acts chapter 15, when they wrote the letter, they said, rejoice. In James chapter 1, when James wrote his letter to the church, they said, rejoice. They wanted a daily reminder of the direction of the resurrection. And that is that we are to live a lives that rejoices. You see, Jesus is truth. And he's speaking this truth into the lives of these believers. And he's speaking this very truth to us. You see, these ladies, they've just been told to go and tell the disciples that Jesus is alive. Is that not the same direction that the church has been given? That we are to go into all the world and tell everyone around us that Jesus is alive. But like some of us, The Bible says in verse 8, they went with fear and great joy. The spirit was willing, but the flesh was weak. These ladies were going to walk in obedience. They were doing what they were told to do, but they needed some encouragement along the way. And I wonder if that might be your story as a believer today. You just need a little bit of encouragement. You're walking with the Lord but you just need some encouragement because life has been tough as of late. Your spirit is willing to follow God, but your flesh is just so weak. Well, Jesus knows they're afraid. So he shows up with a word of encouragement to inspire them because Jesus knows exactly what they need to hear, and he says to them, rejoice. Now, I want you to note something. He's not upset with them. He's not upset that they didn't believe and they lacked faith that he wasn't going to rise again. He doesn't show up on the road and go, what's the deal with the burial spices? I mean, didn't I tell you I was going to rise again? I mean, throw the bag away. I'm so embarrassed that you brought burial spices. I mean, come on. I can't believe you're so faithless. No, that's not what he said. He looked at the ladies with a word of encouragement and he said, rejoice. He didn't say to them, when's the last time you've been at church? Last Easter? He didn't say to them, what, did they drag you here to the tomb so that you could come see Jesus? Did your mommy have to wake you up and drag you to church and told you she's kicking you out unless you come for Easter? That's not what he said. He looked at her and said, rejoice. At the 8.30 service, it was hilarious. At the 8.30 service, when I said it, you should have seen all the moms hitting their children. Are you listening? It was classic. You see, Jesus always has a way to show up at the right moment at a 10.30 service at Calvary Chapel, South Bay, and say the right thing 
right when we need it to inspire us to do the right thing and go the right way. So he shows up this morning and he says, rejoice. The hymn writer, he would say this, I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is risen, whatever men may say. I don't care what the state of California said. Jesus is alive. I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. I can't sing. I'm going to stop. He lives. He lives. Salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. You see, this news, this news of the resurrection should bring joy to our hearts. Listen to what John the Baptist said in John chapter 3, verse 29, speaking about the bridegroom Jesus. He who is the bride, that's us, is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom, that's Jesus, who stands and hear him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. When John the Baptist heard the voice of Jesus, his whole heart was filled. And maybe today, like the ladies walking on that road, you need a little bit of encouragement and you need to hear Jesus say to you, rejoice. The hymn goes on. Rejoice, rejoice, O Christian. Lift up your voice and sing. Eternal hallelujahs to Jesus Christ the King. The hope of all who seek Him. The help of all who find. None other is so loving, so good and kind. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You see, the resurrection gives us a reason to rejoice. And I'm going to give you three reasons why. First and foremost, the resurrection refreshes and revives our faith. The resurrection refreshes and revives our faith. I know you haven't been in church in a while. Maybe since COVID. I met someone last week and she looked at me and she goes, I haven't come back to church since March of 2020. And I looked at her and I said, I can't believe it. <laughs> Just leave now. <laughs> no. Rejoice. I said, welcome home. You see, the resurrection doesn't degrade people. It lifts people up and refreshes and revives them. That's why Jesus told them, rejoice. And did you see what they did? As soon as he spoke a word, they fell at his feet, his nail-scarred feet, and they worshipped him. Following their example, it's why at Calvary Chapel South Bay today, we sang a little bit longer. We praised God in giving of testimony and in shouting out loud with our voices. We're going to follow their example that Jesus has risen from the grave and we are going to worship because he is worthy of our worship. And do you know, church, that we are going to worship Jesus for all of eternity? Let me prove it to you. Go with me to Revelation. Revelation chapter 5. Go with me to Revelation chapter 5. The church is there in heaven. 
Now, we have been raptured out there in heaven, and look what the Bible says in Revelation chapter 5, verse 9, and they sang a new song. Now, let me tell you what that means. That means not that this song was new, because we know what the song is. They sang it like they've never sang it before. It sounded new. It was revived and it was sang. They had just won the Super Bowl and their MVP, the Lamb of God, is coming down the center aisle. And when they shouted out this, it didn't sound like this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Why are we singing this song? I've not sang it since I was seven years old. Rejoice. Now a new song, can you imagine if I read it like this? You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe, tongue, and people, and nation. Rejoice. That's not a new song. A new song is this. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain. You've redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. In other words, he's talking about Calvary Chapel South Bay. And have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Church, when they saw the MVP, they shouted because he paid the price of our sin by dying on the cross and then rising from the grave. He redeemed us. And that is refreshing and reviving the church's faith. Now, I need to give some background. Because there's a question in Revelation chapter 5 that just freaks John out. They ask the question in Revelation chapter 5 verse 3, who is going to open the scrolls? And the Bible says in Revelation chapter 5 verse 4, John begins to cry. He begins to weep because he doesn't know at this point who's going to open the scrolls. He's filled with fear and he's filled with anxiety. So what God does As John is viewing this scene in heaven, he shows him the church, and they begin to worship. You see, the prescription for fear and anxiety, the prescription of what will refresh and revive our faith is worship. It's worship. Revelation chapter 5, verse 11, would you take a look? Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures, the elders, or that's the church. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them I heard saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Church, let me tell you something. Something happens when we come into his presence with worship. I was in the gym last week. I was done. Usually I'm there for an hour, but about 20 minutes in, I decided I'm done. You ever have those days? I'm just done. You know, it's like, okay, no more back and by today. I'm out of here. Like, I'm just done. I'm not going to the treadmill. Nothing's happening today. As I'm walking out, I got my beats in, and I put a worship song in. All of a sudden, my legs started doing this. And the next thing you know, my head's doing this. 
And now I'm walking like this. The next thing I know, I've turned back around. And where I was done, the worship made me feel like I had not even begun. Let me tell you something about worship. It changes your perspective. It changes your life. It refreshes and revives you when you stop for a moment and think about the power of the resurrection. All of a sudden, the power of the resurrection reminds us that he's more powerful than the problem that we're walking through. Even if you feel like you are in the pits of the grave. Look with this, go with me to Psalm 16. I want you to see it. You'll also read it on the screen. It's Psalm 16. You'll see in verse 7. The Bible says, I will bless the Lord. In other words, I'm going to worship him who's given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. In other words, I'm having a bad day. So I'm choosing to worship him despite I'm having a bad day. I've set the Lord always before me. I'm, uh, this is my choice. Because he's at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. Even if I'm in the pits of despair, I'm going to choose to worship. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Let me tell you something that happens with worship. When we begin to get into his presence and worship him, our soul is lifted out of the pits of despair and our faith is refreshed and revived by the power of the resurrection. Secondly, if you're taking, let me give you another reason. The resurrection restores and renews our walk of faith. Let's remember, these ladies came with spices to embalm a dead body. They had lost all hope. As far as they were concerned, Jesus was dead and their faith was withering away. That's what was happening. You see, he had given his word that he would rise again but it wasn't in their realm of possibility. What's up with this whole resurrection thing? It's just not possible. You're right. With man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. You see, he had shown them even. He raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. He raised Lazarus from the dead. And they had forgotten the fervor of their faith because they were no longer living in the moment of that victory. See, life... Life had seemed to take the best from them. Trial and tribulation had stolen their joy. Jesus had told them to beware of this. He even warned them. In John chapter 16, verse 33, the night before he died, he said to them, listen, I've spoken these things to you that in me you may have peace, not your life's experience. In the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I am going to rise from the grave. Death will no longer have a sting. The power of the resurrection is going to be available for you. This is the sole source of our joy. But they forgot that Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. I can restore you. I can renew you. Do you remember when Peter and Jesus were talking? He said, Satan has asked to sift you. 
Satan's always out to get God's people. But Jesus said, I'm praying for you. And when you return, because God wants to restore your faith, God wants to renew your faith. I don't know if you know this about me, but my first car was a 1965 convertible Mustang. Now, I'm not that old. I did not buy it brand new. And when I bought it, it was powder puff blue. The last thing that I was going to do is drive on to Plantation High School with a powder puff blue Mustang. It was not cool then for girls to be boys and for boys to be girls. And so I was not going to drive into that particular place. So my dad and I, if you remember the 1965 convertible Mustang, you could actually sit in the engine well and work on it. That's how big it was. And so my dad and I, we rebuilt the engine, we refurbished the interior, and I painted it fire engine red. And let me tell you, I turned the radio on, I put my hand on the steering wheel, put the seat all the way back, hand up on the, put the uh, convertible down, and I went rocking into Plantation High School. And though my car was old, when I drove into that parking lot, it looked brand new been restored. And I don't know how long you've been saved, how long you've heard this story, how many Easter's you've been through. Is it five or 10, 15 or 20? Has the story just gotten old in your faith? Oh yeah, Jesus was risen from the dead. But what God wants to do through the power of the resurrection is restore your faith today. Because that's what the resurrection does. It gives us the power to be wholly restored and renewed in our faith. Church, let me tell you something. He's not mad at you where you've been. He's not mad at you any more than he was mad at the ladies for walking with death spices. He looked at them and said, rejoice. And he's looking at you and saying the same thing. He's excited you're here and he wants to inspire this mustard seed of faith. You came and he says, rejoice. In Mark chapter 3, there's a story. And there is a man who came to church, came to synagogue, and he had a withered hand. In a withered hand. When we adopted our son from Liberia, West Africa, he had a withered hand. When he was two years old, he had rolled into the fire in his village, and his mom, with no hospital in the middle of a war, she simply just wrapped his hand. And when she unwrapped it several weeks later, all the fingers, because of the burn, had fused together. Now, in Liberia, it's not a big deal. Everyone has something wrong with them. I mean, they don't have braces, and they don't have plastic surgery, and they don't have all of the things and the luxuries that we do to fix whatever we want. But when we moved to the United States of perfection, whenever he would go to stretch out his hand to shake someone's hand, they would always turn his hand to see what was wrong. So when he was 16 years old, I asked him, hey, son, what do you want for your birthday? And he raised his right hand and he said, I want a new hand. Well, let me tell you what this dad did. Two and three jobs later, we had enough money to be able to get that surgery. I'm on a pastor's salary. We were short $2,300, and my wife opened up an envelope. She begins to cry, and I go, what? She goes, Chet, you will never believe this. 
we received a check from our homeowner's insurance from a year and a half ago claim for 2000 300 and some dollars, exactly what we needed for the surgery, and it was signed by Jesus Martinez. Jesus is still in the business of restoring withered hands, and he uses a man by the name of Jesus Martinez. Power, man, the power of the resurrection. Let me tell you something. When Jesus showed up into that church, he didn't look at the man and say, oh, great, another withered hand. I can't believe you came to church. You're a little broken. I mean, what's going on? No, Jesus came at the right time. He said the right thing. And the man responded when Jesus said, stretch out your hands. Stretch out your hands. And the man did it. He reached towards Jesus. And the Bible says, that his hand became as whole as the other. All you need to do is to be obedient to the same direction and reach out to Jesus and you can experience the power of the resurrection. You see, Jesus, like this man, you have come today with a withering faith. And Jesus is simply saying to you, reach out your hand. The power of the resurrection will restore and renew your faith. Jesus, he reached, this man just reached out to Jesus by faith. And I'm asking you to do the same and watch what Jesus will do. He'll make your marriage whole. He'll make your life whole. He'll make your family whole. It's what Jesus does. He restores and he renews. Jesus says it best. In John chapter 15, 11, Jesus said, These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be completely restored. That your joy may be full. That you may walk in the power of the resurrection and not sing, Rejoice in the Lord always. But sing, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Church, why live in the wither of life when you can walk in the wonder of the resurrection? Why choose to live in anything other than the abundant life that the power of the resurrection has for you? All you have to do is reach out to Him today. Finally, church, let me give you another reason. The resurrection redeems and regenerates our life. We get a second chance. Titus chapter 2, Jesus Christ, the Bible says, gave himself for us that he might redeem us. In other words, pay the price of our sin from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people. Every single one of us in here needs to hear this verse. Because every one of us in here needs redemption. We have all broken the law of God. There is no one righteous, no, not one. No one in this room can claim perfection. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. No matter how hard we try, the chasm to get to God is too far. We can't jump across the great divide that separates us from an eternity with God. 
but the cross. And I want you to see this visual and let it penetrate your heart and mind. The cross. The cross became a bridge that allows us to walk across if we would simply choose to take a step of faith and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. The power of the resurrection can save you. Can save you. I got some bad news. Every one of us in this room are going to take a last breath. The Bible says we actually have an appointment. God knows our date. It's been appointed for man to die. That's why Jesus had to die. You see, in this life, we get a choice now. Where we want to spend our eternity. Do you know that you are so special to God? It's why the Bible says that he he redeemed us to purify for himself his own special people. You are special to God. You are so loved by God that he wants to spend an eternity of time with you. Now, let me tell you something about time. Time's a gift. Time is a gift. And we usually give a gift to the people we love. Otherwise, if we give our time by force, they have to pay us for it. That's why they call it work. However, the only way to spend an eternity with him is to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose on the grave. He loved you so much that he's willing to give you this as a free gift. Death is a penalty. It's a penalty for sin in the world. And so Jesus, he died on the cross to pay the price of our sin. But he didn't stay dead. He rose from the grave and conquered the grave. And because he defeated death, he's the only one that can give eternal life. That's why he said, I am the resurrection. I am the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. You can have eternal life. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. You can have eternal life. And then he asked this question, do you believe this? That is the most important question that you will ever be asked in your whole life. Do you believe this? Because salvation is a choice. He doesn't force it upon you because he's a gentleman. He's even given you a free will that allows you to refuse him. And that's why he will pursue you every day of life that God gives you. And if you're feeling something right now, it's not from the taco truck last night. It's the power of the resurrection. Jesus is trying to get your attention. He is speaking to you. And what you're feeling right now is the power of the resurrection working on your heart. He's been calling people for 2,000 years. He didn't come just to save Alyssa. He came to save everyone in the whole world. But I need to tell you something else. Not only does he redeem us, not only has he paid the price of our sin, not only has he given his son so that we can have an eternal life with him, he regenerates our lives today. That's what he does. 
See, Jesus, he describes it best. We can be born again. We get a second chance. We don't have to live life in the rut and the routine of our mistakes and our failures. You can have a new life. Let me explain. It's Romans chapter 8. You'll see it on the screen. Take a look. But if, there's the choice. You get a choice. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. In other words, if you've made the choice to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Coming to Christ is like playing a country song backwards. Because the country song, you lose your wife, you lose your dog, you lose your car, you lose everything. With Christ, you get it all back. You get not a car, not a house, not a wife. You get the power of the resurrection, and he gives you a new life. Let me tell you what Paul said, this murderer. Let me tell you what Paul said, this man who was killing Christians. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, he says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things, not some things, all things have become new. Would you pray with me? Our Father, I come before you in Jesus' name and ask that the power of your Spirit would move in this place. Jesus, do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. I told you the most important question in your life is this. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? You see, you can have a new life. But the word if is very important. You have a free will. You get to choose. So first I'm going to speak to the believer. Not been in church for a little while. You believe, but you're carrying around spices for a burial. Your faith is withered away. Jesus looks at you today and says, Rejoice, you came. Welcome home. And he has a life for you that's so far beyond. Remember, the ladies were believers. They were believers walking around with dead man spices. What's your aroma? Do you have the aroma of Christ, of love and joy and peace? Or is your faith withered away? Maybe you need to follow the direction of the man with the withered hand and stretch out your hand, believing that Jesus can restore your faith. Maybe you're here today, and you're like, what in the world are you talking about? My mother dragged me here. I'm that person. Let me tell you why she did. You need Jesus. I was out in the lobby this past week with a, as only a mom can do. One of the, a guy and his girlfriend were standing together and, hey, I want you to meet my son. Hey, how are you? She interrupts me and she goes, you are meeting him because you need Jesus and your girlfriend needs him. So you just come and repent right now and come to Jesus. And I looked at him and I go, like only a mother can say. 
but it's true. Because without Jesus, you will spend an eternity weeping and gnashing of teeth. You might, oh, don't do the scare tactic. You better believe I will. I'll do whatever it takes to scare the hell out of anybody. Because I believe in the gospel. And I believe that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. That he, like he did with Alyssa, can rip you from the power of darkness and bring you into light. So here's what I'm going to do. Christians are going to be praying. If you're a believer today and you've been away from God for a little while, it's time to stretch out your hands. If you're not walking in the power of the resurrection and your Christian life looks like this, rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice. It's time to change because the direction of the resurrection is that we're to live in the rejoice. And so I'm going to ask you, Christian, to be the very first to get up out of your seat and say today, I am choosing to be restored and renewed and regenerated. Amen. In my faith. Amen. But if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, it's time to get up out of your seat and give your life to him. Let me tell you something. You've tried relationships. It won't work. You've tried finances. It ain't going to work. You got the new house. It just didn't satisfy. You were made in the image of God. You're like a puzzle. But what God has done is left one puzzle piece out. And you know how frustrating it is when you can't find the last piece? Every Thanksgiving, we do a puzzle. And one Thanksgiving, we lost a piece. We couldn't find it. We were all devastated. Two weeks later, one of the kids that were with us at the trip, he pulled it, he put his hand in his robe and he pulled out the piece. And he goes, Mom, I found the piece. We came to family dinner and we celebrated it and we put the piece there because when you put the piece of the puzzle that completes the picture, there's nothing like the joy that comes. You see, God has kept the puzzle piece and he won't let you fill it with anything but him. And when he puts that piece in your life, you will celebrate like nobody's business. So you be the first to get up out of your seat. We're going to celebrate with you. Believer, you restore, renew your faith. Listen, if you don't know the Lord. Now listen, mom, if you brought your, your son, your daughter, this is when you go. We're going. And I dragged you here and I'm dragging you to Jesus. And you might say, well, wait a second. I don't know if that'll work. Plant the seed of righteousness by faith in your heart and watch as you stretch out your hand to Jesus how he will, by the power of the resurrection, change your life. You get up out of your seat. You come forward. Give your life to Jesus today. Make your life right with God. Thanks for listening, and we hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you have any questions or just want to check us out, make sure to visit us at ccsouthbay.org. God bless you guys, and we'll see you next week.